Greetings, citizens of Earth. You are barking a happy tune with my pal Smurf of Smurf and the Magic Tones on 5280 Geek. Live from the Figure Studios, it is Weekend Geek Update. Smurf here, ready to delight you, ready to entertain you, and fill you in on some of the geek things that have caught my eye, my take on a couple of certain topics, and oh my god, it is a whirlwind of stuff. But before we get to that, let me introduce our sponsor. Yeah, no, she's not here. <laughs> of course, I am talking about the delightful Susie Q's, uh, the fine maker of some very unique jewelry, which um, will be doing some new specials. She's got some stuff coming, and she's doing a, uh, a poll, if you will. It's kind of like an elimination bracket on colors. Go check her out at SusieQ's.com. See what she's got brewing, what she's making and fiddling away at, and there'll be stuff coming. Her and I had like a very long, I guess I can't say long weekend, but we hung out. We, we partake of some adult beverages. Um, we went to my favorite spot, of course, which is the uh, Outworld Brewing. So we were they're talking about some projects that are coming up with them. They just finished their comedy show. So it was actually a very productive weekend. I can't wait for you guys to see what – I can't wait for you to see what we got cooking because <laughs> it is absolutely spectacular. Outworld is is wonderful. Susie's is wonderful. Check them all out. And, yeah, that, that's my two cents. Well, actually – it's probably worth more, but damn, taxes are a bitch. Anyway, what's going on? Let's fill you guys in. The big news that landed today that absolutely had me floored was um, th- 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 there's a there's a con. Uh, Fan Expo Denver has decided that they are going to do a con uh, in 2021. They're looking at um, Q4. Um, well, actually, they have already said dates. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna mess with you. It is October 29th through the 31st this year. It's going to be operating at 75 percent of their normal capacity. So whatever they have planned for the 2022 season, they are um, cutting back and are only going to be running at 75 percent of full capacity. Now. What what does that mean for you and I? Well, that's a very, very good question. They did send out this notice saying we've uh, been spending time collecting um, and connecting with as many of you as possible, taking notes about everything you've loved about the show and what you wanted to see more of. Thank you to those who took the time to complete the survey, and thank you to those who took our calls and support. We've been overwhelmed, and we are very appreciative. So the Fan Expo is still going to happen in 2022. That's without a doubt. So they're calling this the um, Fan Expo Denver Special Edition, and uh, tickets have not gone on sale yet but they're going to be very limited just because of them operating at the 75 percent which i mentioned before and uh, they say they're going to have celebrity guests and none have been announced yet so and they haven't said anything about vendor tables or any of that as far as who's going to be presenting who's going to be selling and all of uh, all of this so uh, i would keep kind of an eye on what they've got 
going on. Um, they're saying tentatively, and I don't know, I guess they're probably going to hold to this, that tickets will go on sale June 29th at 10 a.m. So we'll we'll see how that goes. And I, they're already an established con. So I don't think that the sudden influx of Denverites wanting to buy Denver Comic-Con tickets is going to wreck the system. But, you know, I don't know what kind of anxiousness and how excited some people are going to be about the con, simply because that date has already been kind of claimed by the leaky con people. Uh, If you, you didn't know... Um, Harry Potter's coming in the exact same time. So I don't know how this is going to affect the con. I don't know how many Harry Potter people would go to the Fan Expo. So there's a whole lot of questions and not a whole lot of answers because I think what it's going to come down to, because LeakyCon has yet to announce who, um, who, who they're going to have. So I would I would think I think Luna Lovegood I think that's one of the guests that have been named so far. After that, it's it's anyone's guess. Um, but I don't think we'll see any of the big three, especially here in Denver on Halloween. Eh. Uh, so we'll see how that breaks down. I'm very curious to see what uh, Fan Expo is going to bring as far as guests. Um, they'll be announcing uh, the first um, this week, hopefully. We'll see. Uh, and that could very well just kind of tips the scales and say, okay, well, this is, this is where it goes. Will we be there? I know you're asking that question, and it was an excellent one. Thank you for bringing that up. We don't know. <laughs> Since this just landed this morning, there is no way of telling whether or not your favorite podcast will be in attendance. I'm sure I will be there at some capacity, um, and if I am, then you can look forward to us just running amok. What else? Um, oh, this is kind of cool. Uh, Witcher Season 2, Netflix has clarified a specific Q4 2021 release date window with The Witcher Season 2. So sometime between October and December is when we're going to get the, the next installment of the, 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 the story. I mean, it, this has been like two years now. I know, it just blew by when you're thinking, wow, already two years? So... With two years in the bag and them finally finishing this, I, I'm I'm excited. I, I've got goosebumps just thinking about what we're gonna see, especially with who is going to be I mean the the celebrities that they've got lined up as supposed to be um pretty big. Um right now, however, I would kind of kinda keep your eye on July nineteenth. Um, that is when Netflix is teaming up with uh, Project Red, um, the developer of the Witcher video games, for WitcherCon. Uh, it's a virtual event that is set to be um, the ultimate destination for all the fans and content and everything that uh, has gone on for the books, the games, of course, the show. So I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see more... Um, I would I actually I'm going to bet that we will see like an official because they've gotten small like little snippets, just little little peaks at the season two. And I know um, a lot of it is is rotated around Yennefer and what where's the story going and how many flashbacks and all of that. All valid questions. So hopefully with um, July 9th just looming out there, we will see something from 
from the creative team. And how can you have a Witcher Con and not have like specific details and stuff about the new season, especially when you're hosting it? They are saying that there will be a lot of behind the scenes stuff and other things. They're saying that there will be a release date in July for when to see Witcher season two. I'm definitely sitting down and refreshing uh, with the Witcher because I think it's been it's been a minute since I I have really paid attention to it. <laughs> I know bad post podcaster, bad podcaster. Oh, uh, what else? Uh, oh, speaking of Netflix, this is kind of strange to me. Well, it is and it's not. Um, Steven Spielberg has just signed basically a multi-year deal with Netflix to produce films. Um, and I'm curious how that's going to work out considering some of the properties. Uh, I, cause I don't know where Indiana Jones falls under and, um, I, I'm, I'm really just kind of like baffled as far as I know ET is in there and, uh, I think that's universal, so I don't, I don't, I don't know how this is going to work out. But in Netflix's mad scramble to try and keep up with Walt Disney, who, let's face it, the mouse has some extremely deep pockets, and Amazon, who is like questing to have a new movie every week to keep people engaged and from you know wandering off. Netflix is just kind of, you know, working on other stuff. And I don't know. So I don't want to say this out loud because it'll probably reject at least the majority of my geek card. But let's face it. The last couple of films from Spielberg have not been winners. We'll just go with that. (laughs) Ready Player One was, for what it was, was kind of cool, but kind of kind of not it was it, it could have been better uh in a lot of ways uh and uh, you, you you've heard the the arguments before with red and i and and uh private cheeseburger double a ron and, and us go you know over that film we picked it apart and there's not really left on anything on that bone for that conversation so and i don't even know what to expect for west side story especially when you see something like the heights that's uh, playing now on HBO. They everything that they're doing on that. Lynn Morel Miranda has just hit another one into the cheap seats. I mean, Hamilton it was spectacular, and now the Heights, and I think there's still one other um, project to come out of him, even before we get West Side Story. So we'll we'll see. I mean. Let's let's not quibble. I mean, Netflix by far is the most popular in the three, and and they boast a nice big hefty uh, two hundred and eight million members around the globe. And it, but I don't think that that's because of the content. I think that's just because that they're the oldest. They've been at this the longest. They have the larger membership just based on time served so in that regard it's a question of how do they um continue to grasp people how do they keep people plugged in is steven spielberg that answer that's a very good question and i don't know but i could see is if i mean if he's going to do something along the lines of like saving private ryan type story you know where 
if it was a linear tale and it wasn't just you know an hour but you know each town that they went to was was a different episode or i mean there's so many things that he could do i, I i'm i'm hoping that they just don't limit him to just a specific genre just let spielberg be spielberg but then that could be a detriment i don't i don't know i don't have that answer um but uh the thought of it is actually kind of of cool um so we'll we'll see a statement from Spielberg um, s- directly was it was abundantly clear that we had an amazing opportunity to tell new stories together and reach audiences in new ways. And that's kind of what I mean, that's kind of the mantra for Netflix. They're all about trying to branch out. They even want to get into the theaters, especially with the new ruling that came out after the COVID pandemic, that uh, to be considered for an Academy Award, you have to be in the theaters. So um, we know it was waived because of COVID for 2021, so other films could be considered. But that is kind of one of the prerequisites. If you're going to be considered for an Oscar, you got to spend some time in the theater. So will we potentially see oh you know stuff from netflix doing a small junt in the movies they say they're not really concerned and they don't care about it but that is an excellent question i don't know if i would pay to go see and with a a nice big string of 208 million people who's going to go to the theater to see it when you can just sit home there is some appeal uh, some of the things I wouldn't mind seeing, but I, I I don't know. I'm torn. How do you do that? How do you make it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but when you're considering, I mean, what the? Okay, so maybe some of the Adam Sandler movies I would potentially see in the theater. I mean, Hubie was kind of funny for a Halloween, and. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's really hard to say. I mean, I know Netflix has quite this juggernaut when it comes to getting films out there and things for the fans. So I don't know. I, I mean, anything that I would want to see kind of ends up becoming a series, which really is kind of annoying after a while because I want, I want just you know one and done. I'm in. I'm out. I want to watch it. Get it over with. <laughs> but you know, hey, that's that's just that's just me can't can't rely on on other people we'll see we'll see what happens um we'll see what if spielberg has um has something in store and maybe they've got a plan i i would be happy if they had a plan plans are good i should i should try having a plan maybe once uh actually hold on Okay, that that was them letting me know that the warranty on my car is going to expire and that I should consider extending the extended service program on my car, which is um, 21 years old. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I'm glad you're looking out for me. <laughs> so, so, so just tired of those guys. Anyway, um... So we'll see what happens. Netflix is constantly working to get things in in line. Um, we'll see. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Uh, ooh, this just in. Um, 
Interesting. So Transformers just released the title for the next film. Transformers film uh, title and place and timeline revealed. Uh, Paramount Pictures reveals the title and setting for the new Transformers film, which welcomes back Optimus Prime and Bumblebee with new looks. The title is Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Uh, some familiar Autobots will also get a redesign in Transformers Rise of the Beasts, including Prime, um, who is sporting a, his G1 look, and Bumblebee, who takes the shape of a dune buggy. Uh, primary villain uh, for this is Decepticon Scourge. Wow. Transformers to set um, to appear are RC, Mirage, Nightberg, uh, Erezer. Um, I don't know that one. Rhinox and Optimus Primal. So it looks like we're going to get Beast Wars for the next Transformers film. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm excited to see RC um, in the live action. I mean, we've kind of seen them with uh, the motorcycle uh, twins. That, that, that technically was RC, but we'll see what happens. Mirage has yet to be done uh and of course rhinox and optimus primal so we'll see what what no pictures or anything is released with this statement from universal which is disappointing come on guys you can't drop that and not give us like a an image i'm excited to see scourge of course scourge coming from the 86 transformers film and um that that is that is awesome i'm i'm really excited about that um, but Rhinox is probably, I think out of all of the Beast War characters, he's probably the most recognizable next to Optimus. And I think he's probably the fan favorite for that series. It's a little after me. I had kind of walked away from Transformers. I didn't get the Beast War thing. I know. And Private Cheeseburger AA Ron was always on me about that. Sorry, buddy. Beast Wars is all you, and that's okay, because Transformers, that's the whole point. They change for everybody. (laughs) Yeah, 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 I know. Dad jokes. I got tons of dad jokes today, and I don't know why. I'm even drinking um, a little, little bourbon today, so... I'm trying to trying to loose up the pipes. I haven't talked much today, so I figured just kind of something to to get the wheels turning. But that's exciting news. I'm I'm really encouraged to see this. Now, where this shows up, um, um, returning to action and spectacle that first captured moviegoers around the world 14 years ago with the original Transformers. Transformers Rise of the Beasts will take audiences on a 90s glob globe trotting <laughs> globe trotting globe trotting adventure and introduce the Maximals, Predacons and Terrorcons to the existing battle on Earth between Autobots and Decepticons. Decector this Let's try that again. Directed by Steve Capel Jr. Um, hmm. Yeah, no release date, no other information on it other than that. So a 90s little romp around the globe sounds exciting to me, but I like these, you know, treasure hunt kind of, we let's go everywhere and save the world all at the same time. I'm excited to see. So uh, good, good luck. Uh, as soon as we get images, we'll let you know. Speaking of other trailers that landed, I'm on the fence about Snake Eyes. I, I, I'm not happy with the choices for actors. I'm excited to get more on 
Snake Eyes origin. I'm excited to see like the deep dive and how close we'll come from the comics and based on just G.I. Joe and everything. Snake Eyes served in Vietnam. That's where the accident happened. That's why he wore the mask. There's there's this huge story in the comics that breaks down Snake Eyes' origin to a certain point. But there are, of course, different stories that overlap and, you know, you kind of piece things together. So what they do for the film is an excellent question. I'm not excited about the younger Storm Shadow. I don't understand why we couldn't just use the Storm Shadow from G.I. Joe, who I thought was did a great job. Uh, so as the trailer go- breaks down, I'm, eh, I'm I've watched it a couple times now. We posted it up on the Web page yesterday. And I just, I'm just, eh, I'm not feeling it. I want to. Let's face it, he's probably the best part of G.I. Joe. And he's probably the only reason that everyone wanted to get G.I. Joe in the first place is to just see Snake Eyes in action. And there's that great scene in the second film where he's running alongside the mountain, taking out ninjas. Perfect. But uh, this, I don't know. I don't want you to, to, to Kool-Aid my freaking Snake Eyes. Is that a thing? Can that be a thing? Yeah, I think that's a thing. Don't Kool-Aid it, guys. Just just give us a good story. Please. Please, for the love of God. Uh, we'll see how that breaks down. I, I, my hopes, my dreams, they're not, they're not, they're not big right now. But uh, we'll, we'll see how that breaks down in the next couple, couple of months. Um, what else? E3 happened. And it was a spectacle beyond anything else. I I sat in amazement as game manufacturer after game manufacturer threw out hit after hit. And to focus on any one is just <sighs> mind-blowing. Of course, no Gears. Where we all know that's where my heart lies. But we did get a glimpse at the new Halo. And if I'm honest with you, that's kind of, you know, a little reminiscent. Pulls on the heartstrings. Especially when I think back to the years of myself, Titus, and my brother. You know sniping people across the the map and just you know running around and killing each other on thanksgiving because what says thanksgiving better than sniping your brother across the map (laughs) but um they've kind of added a new element to the game with halo you can they finally gave him a grappling hook i mean thank god i mean the double jump and teabagging wasn't enough now we can use the the grappling hook to throw yourself up even further to snipe clean across the map yes my brother is was absolutely just tickle pink about that feature he's like yep i i need that i must have it <laughs> the other main takeaway for me i mean nintendo of course solid all the way around um everybody had something for everyone the big takeaway for me was um the guardians of the galaxy and the chance to play Star-Lord, it looks great. The art and the story look compelling. There is even the Purple Llama, which is some weird, obscure reference to a Drax storyline that happened way back in the early aughts. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see Cammy in action. Cammy, of course, is the Purple Llama. And I'm... <laughs> I'm it's hilarious that they would bring this this character into exist out of all of the characters that you can choose from from Guardians of the Galaxy you bring in a purple llama 
<laughs> yes. Uh, the character's name actually is Camille Cammy Benali, uh, and the character is actually created by uh, Keith Griffin and Mitch Bitweiser. Uh, and it, it's like I said, it showed up in a Drax miniseries way back in the day. So I, I don't know if this is going to really go anywhere. The llama actually kind of has a good run, uh, and it shows up in Annihilation, uh, Avengers, uh, <laughs> so many, so many other things that it really. It, I, I don't know if the llama is kind of Marvel's take on the chocobo because they want to they want to get in on that Final Fantasy money. And what better way than having your own llama? <laughs> I honestly don't know. I just kind of scratched my head. The other side of that story, though, is being able to play as Star-Lord. And I can see how this game is going to work out with different... Um, uh, variations for Star-Lord's gun and different achievements and things of that nature. The outline and kind of the design for Star-Lord seems very comic and movie-esque. It looks like they've taken a couple of elements from both and made this amalgamation uh, of Star-Lord. And it looks like they did do kind of, um, uh, I want to say, digitization of Pratt's face. I think it really does look like Chris Pratt. And maybe I'm wrong, and maybe it's just me, because when you look at it, that's just all you can see is Chris Pratt now. <laughs> but uh, I think this is going to actually probably be the game of the year for me anyway. Um, I haven't played much this season, so I'm kind of itching for a game, but I have to wait all the way till October 26th to get a hold of this. The game is developed by Square Enix, one of the better developers, and I'm I'm totally on board. It's going to be on, like, every freaking platform. PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox, Xbox X, Xbox One, uh, even Switch. Switch got in on this, and I'm actually surprised it's Switch. I am and I'm not. It doesn't seem like it would be a Switch kind of game, uh, especially with, like, everything that's going on, but I, I don't. I don't know. I'm just, just you know. Looking in, looking into the the details, the minutia of it. Uh, what else? Um, it's kind of it for stories out there. So that just leads me to my take. Um, oh no! Before I get to my take, which is fabulous, um, Master Chef, which I constantly shake my head at, and of course it's the young guns, and you got you know the twenty somethings in there cooking and trying to be. Uh, the next protege to Gordon Ramsay. And I just, I really, at this point, if you're going to appear on a Gordon Ramsay show, there's two things you must really learn to do. Listen and cook scallops. Both go hand in hand. You can't not be able to cook scallops. It's like the staple of the menu. And yet here these kids are going in and unable to cook a scallop. Are you kidding me? How do you not know how to cook a scallop at this point? You just have to do it. Just sit down, cook the scallop, get it over with, and 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 just be able to do it in your sleep because it is like the one go-to item. <laughs> and it's just so frustrating because I, I would figure at this point, you know how to do it. And it's like the big shot that you've got for everybody. But, you know, that's just that's just my opinion. Uh, it, the season has been rather predictable, and uh, 
it's fine. I guess I just I, I expect more from the chefs. I got like no I got no one I'm backing on this one either. It's just kind of like okay, uh, I, I guess I don't really care about any of them. We'll see. We'll see how it turns out. There is a chef there from Schlangmont, and I think that's the only Colorado person that's in this one, if I remember correctly. But, you know, uh, I'm still going to watch it, still going to see it to the end, and and keep my fingers crossed. Uh, so that leads me to my take, which I said it was. it's a good one. Episode 2. Yes, we're at episode 2 of Loki. And... Hold on. I have a doctor in the house. Okay. Had, had to say goodbye to the doctor. Um, we had a special guest in the studio today. No, no one's broken. No one's died. And things are all still attached. Uh, the doctor uh, was uh, actually speaking with me about possibly starting his own podcast. We're going to add one more to the ranks, hopefully. Uh, this gentleman has absolutely some incredible stories and a very unique take on the world that I think, as a podcast, would be very compelling. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'll keep you apprised um, as far as where where it goes, if it evolves, if he decides to do it. Because it is a bit of a leap to be a podcaster, but the stories... Him and I sat here and just bullshit for just, like, I swear it was an hour of just him and I going back and forth, no dips in the conversation, and uh, it was it was a good time. So... Hopefully the doctor will decide to uh, do his podcast, and I, I can't wait to hear hear the rest of the story. Oh, that's some that's somebody else. <laughs> uh, on to my take. Uh, this week's take is on Loki. So far, we're up to s- episode two for the first season, and while the story has been very interesting. of what we're getting between uh, Owen Wilson and uh, Hiddlestaff and I, I so here's the deal it's a lot of talking there's there's a lot of talking I mean uncharacteristically so I know we, we had a fair amount of it in Falcon and Winter Soldier and it wasn't as bad and of course WandaVision was in itself a very very broad stroke for dialogue, but there's a lot going on. There was a lot of subtlety to the story. So I don't know how I feel about what we're getting with with Loki. There's so much getting just getting dumped, and as as cool as it is, I'm just I want something more. The interaction is great. Um, they've kind of already ratconned a few things, especially with the Infinity Stones. And it, it almost, I don't want to say it cheapened the 10 years with how they approached it, but it just kind of makes it seem like what everybody just went through for the last 10 years was for nothing. And that is extremely disappointing. Uh, so much so that it was, it was just kind of like, wow, okay. And maybe it's going somewhere, and it's still too early to tell. And I know I had reservations when I started with WandaVision with the, you know, it almost felt like baby steps just, you know, all all out, you know, the last couple of episodes. Are we going to get that this time? That's that's the ex- that's an excellent question. I don't know if we're going to get that this go-around or, or not. And 
I, re- I really, I'm really hoping that we we do. <sighs> My problem, <laughs> maybe I'm just impatient. Maybe I just want more. And uh, from the the show that I was looking the most forward to, I'm not getting what I want. All right. <sighs> Sorry, technical difficulties. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm expecting something, and I'm not getting it. I'm, I'm not getting my way, and it makes a cranky nerd is what it does. Cranky geek all around. So I'm just – I don't want to say it's just too much dialogue, and I definitely want to know more of what's going on. But at the same point, I'm at this, at this impasse where I'm just like – Okay, can we move along? Now, I know I had certain reservations when it came to WandaVision and how they approached all of that storyline, and and it turned out fine in the end. But I almost think WandaVision was moving a little bit faster and at least raising questions as far as why, what, and everything in between. We've kind of had this spoon-fed kind of things going on, and here it is, and Loki realizing certain things, and just how it's progressing but like i said it's just so much talking like uh, uncharacteristically talking and the episodes are an hour we're just about and i'm fine with it but at the same point can can we move along and maybe with this week's episode things will move along and they will finally go a bit faster but my prediction is that is not female loki um everything indicates that that is the enchantress folks that is not a female version of loki that i am aware of everything screams the enchantress however as far as the character is concerned so i know everyone is saying female loki and that's fine but i think you guys are wrong just simply because of how, you know, simply touch something and she's controlling them and talking through them and then jumps from body to body. That is one of the key attributes to the Enchantress's powers. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'll be surprised if they decide to make this Loki or maybe they will do a shift and make it the Enchantress or she abandons her Loki name. I don't know. But even the fact that... Um, she kind of wouldn't identify herself as Loki and just kind of kind of kept sidestepping everything. Of course, and it really begs the question of what, um, why, it really begs the question is that if it is the Enchantress, how come Loki doesn't know her or recognize her or did she just not appear in Asgard or... Is it a variant Asgard that she comes out of? So it, it's a very, there's some very interesting questions along this train of thought. In addition to what's with the, the time bombs, <laughs> literally, she set off, v- causing variances in the timeline specifically to create havoc. So what is the Enchantress's agenda? Why is she setting off specific time bombs to get the timeline to completely fracture and go haywire? Um, do I like the show? Excellent question. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm engaged. I just think it could be, I think it could be better. I think it could be more driven, more substance, more, 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 more. Uh, and maybe I'll have that more, but I just don't think they're relying on the strengths of what could be there. I think the chemistry between Owen and Hillstaff is absolutely brilliant. I think the, how they're interacting, the the conversation, although long, have been 
interesting. They have been fun. I just want more of it. And, of course, now that, given what happened in episode two, maybe it will start moving along at a better clip now that, you know, all chaos is broken loose and the wheels have kind of come off. So we'll we'll see how it works. I have other theories and and maybe, you know, they may be right, they may be wrong, but I'm not ready to share them. I want one more episode before I completely give you guys my thoughts. I we know Mephisto kind of very, you know, in in the stained glass window, very prevalent. Of course, everyone is saying that we're not going to get Mephisto, which I don't know if I trust anyone over there anymore. <laughs> Because I just think they're just lying just to keep you off the track. Like, yeah, we, we're we're just giving you the subtle hints. We're giving you we're giving it to you, but we're not. So uh, we'll we'll see what what they come up with. But for the most part, um, it's okay. I, I want, like I said, I want more, and I think there could be more to it. I just think that they've kind of put themselves into a corner. And they're kind of trying to work their way out of it. I don't think they necessarily needed to go as deep as they did. And I definitely think there could have been more as far as Loki being Loki. But the realization and Loki seeing his own mortality play out was absolutely heart-wrenching. I mean, it was just kind of like, wow, that, that sucks. And I think that's when Loki for sure built his plan of whatever you know he's trying to do and i think i think owen wilson's character uh morpheus is on to something as far as him trying to get in front of the lizards the the timekeepers and i'm curious if we will see the timekeepers and i i want to see more celestial bangs and i think this will will be great but i think this also kind of with the enchanters kind of builds towards Hercules. I honestly think that somehow they're going to work these these characters together and give us more of um, the Olympian side of the story because I, I think I think we said we've confirmed Hercules for God and Thunder or Rock and Thunder or Thunder and Rock and Roll or whatever Love and Thunder. I'm, I, I don't know. These crazy ass titles for Thor's <laughs> story just... Just keep getting weirder and weirder. So we'll see wh- how this plays out, and I think this does have a direct tie to both Doctor Strange and with Thor. Of course, Feige even com- uh, committed to the fact that there are repercussions from this, that this will have impact on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Not as much uh, that we saw from like Winter Soldier and Snowman, and or Falcon and Winter Soldier. I said I would start using it, right? So, yeah, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Or Scarlet Witch and Vision, um, not not as heavy an impact, but you know, just enough, just little little ripples. So this is supposed to have more impact on the cinematic universe than what what we've seen. So, well, uh, the jury's still out. We still get another. We get a new episode on Wednesdays, Wednesday or Thursday. I forget. I, I just wait for the the alert. You have a new episode. Yes, just like that in that voice. <laughs> I will keep watching. I will let you know what I think as the story progresses. And we'll see if I'm right, if it is the Enchantress, which um, I'm willing. I'm, I'm kind of on the mindset that, yeah, that's the Enchantress. So 
Uh, we'll see. I could be right. I could be wrong. Uh, let me know your thoughts. Maybe I'm missing somebody else in the the Asgardian hierarchy or the Olympian hierarchy that it most likely could be. And uh, I'll be curious your thoughts. Uh, that about wraps up this week. Uh, coming up next week will be our in-studio. We got the team back together, PJ Pop Culture, myself, and the Wakeman. Uh, we will have a geeky cocktail, and we will have a very expansive opening next week as PJ brings in quite quite the set. I'm anxious to, to tear this thing open and get into it, and um, it will be spectacular. But in the meantime... Run fast, laugh hard, and always be kind.